0: Hey guys, I've received a lot of questions asking whether or not the CrowdSolve event in October is still going on or what's happening with it. So I had a chance to sit down with the creator, Kevin Balf. We are sitting down talking with Kevin Balfy. Um, am I saying that right? It's Balfy, right? Oh, sorry. Balf, yeah. Balf. I've been calling you Balfy forever. Yep. I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Kevin, you are the person behind CrimeCon, correct? Right. For the people who aren't familiar with CrimeCon, can you explain what that is?
1: Yeah, although, James, come on, everyone, who's not familiar with CrimeCon? You, I know. Are you in your audience? Are you no, no, I'm <laughs> kidding? Um, <laughs> someday I'll be able to ask that seriously. Um, yeah, I mean, CrimeCon is, uh, I mean, the simplest way to say it, I didn't make this up, is is the Comic Con for true crime. Um, I don't think that that's the way it feels when you're there, but I, but I think that, that at least gives people a good starting point for, for what it is. Um, From fans to content creators to podcasters to the networks and media and everyone else that's sort of involved in the true crime genre, we all get together for a a long weekend. We move it around the country every year, and um, it's part education, part activism, part advocacy, you know, part sort of uh, being immersed in whatever the big storylines and big properties were that year. And, you know, for true crime fans, it's we've heard it described in all sorts of ways, but it's definitely one of the best weekends of the year.
0: What made you want to get into this?
1: <laughs> Loaded question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm a true crime fan, first first and foremost. Um, I grew up on, I mean, I loved Cops, definitely a true crime show, and Dateline was my was appointment viewing for me. It still is. So, so I'm a fan. And you know, then I think the second part of that was opportunity. I, I started a company with my brother in 2015. So we were, you know, a brand new startup, and and we had a mission statement and some things that we wanted to do. But I think as we started taking a look around at different genres and really where we wanted to to be, you know, I brought up true crime and he was supportive and said, well, let's find the right opportunity, whether that's let's build a new web property or, you know, let's work with an existing talent. And, you know, sort of I started thinking, well, whatever we do, let's market it at whatever the Comic-Con is for true crime. Let's release it there. And so I spent a bunch of time trying to figure out what that event was and could I get in contact with the organizers. And when I couldn't find that and figure out who was behind it, and I realized it didn't exist. That was that ultimately ended up being the opportunity I brought to my brother and my other partners and said, you know, let's let's do this. We don't Anything about true, true? We don't know anything about live events, but we know a lot about experiences, and we know a lot about true crime. Let's let's get the right people together and, and do this. And yeah. so that's really how it began. It was just sort of love of genre meets opportunity, and uh, and it grew, it grew from there.
0: I've heard about CrimeCon before. Um, it was actually listening to Up Advantage. that was the first time I was like, oh wow, there's this CrimeCon event. I've heard of Con obviously, mm-hmm. but I had my first experience going there this this year uh, down in New Orleans, which. I was blown away just how many people go to this and all the people that you guys get who come there. But one of the things that I thought was very fascinating and and interesting was when I was looking onto your website, looking on the website for CrimeCon, uh, one of the things that I really admired was, you know, with Comic-Con, people dress up and people, you know, it's a different type of event. But with this event, you guys are always, you know, it seemed like you guys were very, very upfront with what the event's really about. Yes, it's, true crime, but you guys were wanting to be very, very respectful to the individuals who were coming because of the families that could be involved. So I applaud you on that. That was very, very interesting. And so now you came up with an event and this is, you guys have had CrimeCon three different times, correct?
1: We've had three of the National CrimeCon so far, right? We did Indianapolis, Nashville, New Orleans, and then uh, Orlando's our next one in uh, May of 2020.
0: Oh, gotcha. Is that the one with the crews? Is that... No, oh, come on, don't spoil my big, oh, no, okay. the cruise is separate, that's uh, that's
1: October of 2020. But the big, NAT, like the one that you went to, the New Orleans comp, which is sort of the, the largest event, everyone's there, all the great sessions and everything else is, that's Orlando in May next year.
0: So I'm going to be looking to jump in on that cruise, hopefully, maybe, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Bringing the family yeah. along, yeah, <laughs> um, So got to um, do it. We, we talked, you know, way back when I was just looking at getting a booth in New Orleans, and you had approached me about this idea that you guys were tossing around and that was Crowdsolve. I mean, what, what is Crowdsolve?
1: So I'm not my pitch on CrowdSolve is not quite as as well defined as it is when you said what is CrimeCon and I gave you the the quick line. Yeah. I think I'm trying to still figure out how to define it to people because it's it's a little bit more stinky and a little bit harder to define, but I think going to be incredible. So the idea this but let me guess let me back up the idea for CrowdSolve came out of CrimeCon, which is that we here we do these very extensive uh, attendee surveys after each event, and and the thing we one of the things we kept hearing over and over again after each event was you know, I'd sit for an hour and listen to the Nancy Moyer case, which is what you were on a panel for this year in New Orleans, yeah. or I'd listen to an hour on the Maura Murray case or on any of the other, however many cases we featured. And I'd be so engaged and so immersed in just feeling like I'm getting into the story and knowing all the key players and everything. And then the hour would be up and I'd have to go to the next thing. And I want something I want something on a single case. Like right now, CrimeCon is a lot, a little bit of a lot of things. I want a lot of a little thing. You know, I want to do one thing for a weekend, one case. And so we started thinking about how to do that in the context of CrimeCon itself, and we really couldn't figure that out. It's just not what that event is built for. So that was the first side of it. And then on the other side, we kept having, through all the great, I think, trust and relationships we've built up over the years with with law enforcement, we kept having conversations with cold case units and others who would say, you know, the citizen detective thing and Reddit thing has really like gone off the rails in this, in this way where it's been given this bad rap to start, but we really do think there's something here. You guys, you know, we come to your event and we look around and like, to your point earlier about there's no people dressing up as serial killers is a very respectful, passionate, educated audience you know police would say we look around at these folks i'm like we we can really use this you know given the right case and the right circumstances how can we harness the power of all these people and all these resources and and everyone else in your sort of in your portfolio here to help you know us where we lack resources, help us with a case. So those two things, as you can imagine, sort of came together in our head and as we put together CrowdSolve, and that's what it is. We The idea was to select a single cold case, ideally from the area where the event would be held, which in, in the one that we're talking about here in October is, is in Seattle. So we wanted a case from the Pacific Northwest, and the idea would be let's bring the police together, the family together, and all of our attendees together for a, a full weekend on one case, And find out, can we, you know, solve is in the title, I get it. The reality is, I don't think that the bar is solve it, but can we generate new leads? Can we generate new ideas, new theories? Can we offer new testing? Can we bring in some experts who've been to CrimeCon who are sort of world-class and have them take a look at the case file? And most of all, can we leverage the the different points of view, experiences, and everything else from our attendees who are not experts? These are nurses and architects and engineers and teachers, and they're not detectives, and that's good. So, how can we leverage all of those experiences and points of view to, to look at a case file and say, "Hey, I read in you know on this page that so and so happened. Has anyone thought to ask this person this thing? You know, mm-hmm. and bring all that together in a really structured way sans social and you know sans all the outside influences or by the end of that weekend again we sort of hand back to the police our report and say you know do stuff with it or don't that's your call it's your case we're not trying to get in the way but here's here's what our folks think
0: i love that i mean that that approach is basically kind of why i started the podcast was to give it a different perspective but also bring it to light and i think that's phenomenal now when we had decided, you know, we had talked about Nancy's case being the case that we were going to to feature for the CrowdSolve event in October in Seattle, we had some surprising news that came forward, and it was uh, the in fact that there was a guy who had confessed uh, by the name of Eric Roberts to the murder of Nancy Moyer. Obviously, since then he's recanted his confession, so. That kind of changes things because the purpose was to go into, you know, an event where we didn't have, this is like kind of the primary suspect. We kind of wanted to have something that was, something that was cold, no leads, nothing. Yep. And now that we have Eric, who's, um, now I, I feel I can say he's the primary suspect. Where are we at today and what are we doing going forward with Crowdsolve in October?
1: Yeah, well, first of all, Eric Roberts clearly has no care about my event planning. I mean, the, the audacity. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this was... Uh, This was, this was, uh, you know, I just, we, in all seriousness, you know, the first reaction when I heard the news was, holy crap, just like everybody else. second reaction was, I pray this is all true. I pray that, that, you know, I met Sam and Bill, and I've, through you, have met Detective Hamilton from Thurston County, who's been, you know, had the case, and, and a whole bunch of other folks. So, you know, our first thought is always, this family needs closure and justice and, and, and certainly and you know, you and I had a lot of conversations. That's not like a BS thing. That's, we understand from dealing with these folks every day, these are real, these are real people. Uh, these are, these are kids who grew up without a mom. Um, and we, we want that closure for them. I think once we started to get into it and the confession was recanted and in the continuing conversations with Thurston County and with everybody else who sort of had insight, you know, really left us with a a very unique problem. Um, Here we have an event in, in October, and... You know, we have a guy who's confessed and recanted and who's out and no charges and sure he's a suspect and, and yeah, there's some DNA testing and everything else. You know, from an event perspective, yeah, I can't bring hundreds of people to Seattle only to find out three days before that DNA came back and he's the guy. You know, what, what are we going to do that weekend? We can champagne toast and hear the inside stories and all that sort of stuff, but that's not what crowd is all about. So... You know, our solution to that problem was to try to honor the Moyer case because, A, we feel that we owe that to the family and to Thurston County, and B, because a lot of attendees signed up because of the case, right? Your, your incredible job of shining a spotlight on this and amplifying it has brought in a lot of people who then got really invested in it, and so they also wanted to come to the event. So, you know, our solution was really to divide up the weekend and and we're going to do, instead of the one case for the full weekend, we're really going to do two, although we just sort of extended the event to, to handle that. So long story short, we're going to do Nancy's case Thursday night, October 17th and Friday, October 18th. And, you know, what I say to people is that Friday is going to be whatever the news dictates it's going to be. If nothing's happened and Eric is still out and there's no charges then that Friday will be exactly what it was going to be when we put this event together, which is we're going to get the case file. We're going to roll up our sleeves. We're going to divide up into the working groups and we're going to, we're going to see if we can help the police, you know, with for, yeah. with further ideas. If on the other hand, something's happened before October 17th and Eric is, is back in jail or there's been some news or some DNA testing or something else. Then, you know, I think that Friday will convert much more into you, detective Hamilton, the family and some others really, really doing panels and talking about how we got here, you know, still Still working through the backstory and everything else, but I think a much more current day approach, less like looking for new information and more sort of, you know, storytelling and Q&A. And then from there, Friday, starting Friday night, which was the original start of the event anyway, we're going to transition into, uh, into a new featured case that truly is cold and truly is sort of back where the Nancy Moyer case was prior to uh, Eric calling in.
0: Now, since you guys are going to be kind of pivoting into a different case, are you able to go on record and say what this new case is about or who it's about?
1: I mean, I think you you deserve to get the exclusive, given that you were you were there from you know. In to a lot of credit to you, James. Not only did you did you take the case and get into podcasting. I know you're an insurance agent by trade, which is just mind boggling. Yeah. Um, but you know, go out and take this and everything else. But you were also with open arms with us from the beginning, saying, "I'd love this case to be part of CrowdSolve," and you've been such a big supporter and and helping you know locally put everything together and, and connecting us with the right folks. So thank you. Yeah, so I think we should talk about it. We've not we've not yet made this public. And ever since I think it was July 9th, when Eric called in, you know, as part on the one track, we've been spending all the time trying to figure out what's happening with the Moyer case. And on the other side, really going through the due diligence of, okay, what else is out there? And for us, the checklist is pretty extensive, We're we have a pretty high bar for for the kind of case we want. We want the police and the family involved. That's a very tough situation to get in a lot of times in a cold case. We want it to be geographically significant, you know, from the Pacific Northwest. And we want it to be a case where there's really a chance that we can do some good. You know, there, un- unfortunately, there's there are some cold cases out there where you could you could have every piece of paper from the case file. It's not going to matter. It's just not solvable. You know, so we, we want something for people to really be able to sink their teeth into and that if we can help amplify and spread the word and, and come up with some new ideas that we really could make a difference. So with all that being said, we have chosen a case and we have gone through all the, the, the right channels and gotten all the right approvals. I'm going to say the name, no one's going to know it, which I, which I really like about this case. It's This is not a, you Google it and get every piece of information you'd ever want. This is almost, with a few exceptions, almost no media coverage. Um, and I'll tell you why in a second. But the name of the woman uh, was Karen Bodine, B-O-D-I-N-E. She was 37 years old when she was murdered in 2007. She was found nude and sort of on display on the side of a a fairly main road outside Seattle. Um, She was strangled to death and really the only thing around her was the ligature that killed her. And yeah, it's gone unsolved for 12 years. She's got family uh, who care deeply about this being solved, uh, just like in Nancy's case. And the police really feel that this case is solvable. You know, the case file is fairly extensive. We're going to get our attendees, I think, for the first time are going to see a fully unredacted case file. Um, They're probably going to sign some paperwork to do that, but that's okay. Um, You know, you know, Detective Hamilton as well, a bunch better than I do, actually. But, you know, Thurston County is not a, a major metropolitan area. You know, the reality is a lot of the evidence, just like in Nancy's case, is in a storage. It's not digital yet, right? It's in like a storage box down in the basement. So they're literally going down there, taking things out, photographs, video digitizing it all scanning it all we're gonna have all of that and we're gonna have hundreds of eyeballs on it um and between i think you know the sort of immediate network of suspects that they've looked at over the last 12 years plus i think the folks that we come up with and using some newer dna techniques and coming up with uh you know just some some good logical theories about next steps uh, you know i really think this is another one where we can make a difference
0: yeah kind of going back to, the, you know, when we go to this event and people who are supporting and, and diving into this case, the, you're not walking out saying this is the guy who did it. Of course, you'd like that. But, you know, you want to kind of go forward. And when we when you approach this, it's we want to at least get a lot a lot of eyes looking over the case and they're able to give their perspective. Because, again, that's kind of like what I, you know, my approach on Nancy's case was, you know, putting this out there. Maybe someone in their life experience, they could see it from a perspective that they they could say, hey, have you thought about this? And yep. that's kind of what we're going for when we go to this crowd solve event. And again, if we can find, this is the guy who did it here's how it links up. That's great. But at the end of it, you guys are going to provide a, uh, I guess you can call it a, a profile or at the very end, kind of say, yep. this is what we think happened or these are leads or, or ideas.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the deliverable back to Thurston County will be a will be sort of a quote unquote official report that will consolidate the. So when you come to CrowdSolve, you're 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 part of a larger group, and and the larger group will get some sessions that are educational. and so For example, in this in the Karen Bodine case, DNA is a critical component. The crime scene itself is a critical component. The victimology and criminology are, are critical components. All four of those sorts of things will be, uh, the whole group will get an education on those topics outside of this case, right? So we, we might do a criminology session, for example, with, with Dr. Godwin who's just talking about the basics of criminology, criminology 101, right? What does it mean? How do we do it? How do we look at it from the expert side? Then you get divided up into working groups where really in a much smaller setting, you're with that expert again. So you might now be back with Dr. Godwin. I'm using him as an example because he was with you on, on the Moyer case. And you're now looking at what you learned with his guidance and applying it to the to the Karen Bodin case file, right? So now in her specific case, what does the profile of the person look like? We know a lot about her history, of course, that we're going to get into in the event and who she was and, and the, the life choices she made that may have led her down a path toward a certain type of of individual who who might have this this kind of motive, right. so the long the long and the short of it is after all these working groups and everything are done all these working groups sort of put together next questions um testing ideas suspect ideas theories uh, questions to ask previous suspects those sorts of things yeah. all that ultimately gets consolidated up into what will all, what will be our final report which we'll hand back to thurston county in a sort of again in a very confidential nature and say here's what we think and then it's going to be up to them you know and they're the police and yeah. what's always on our mind is it's it's not enough to say, "Here's who we think did it." This person needs to be convicted. So, the chain of the the chain of evidence and all of the things that are well beyond my pay grade in terms of a real investigation need to be done by the people who can then work with the with the DA to affect the prosecution. And that's why our mission begins and ends with giving information back to the police. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny you say that because that's actually kind of a position I've kind of been in a little bit here with Eric is. Knowing the information I have and and the platform I have with the podcast, it's kind of like you got to know your role, know your place. Take a step back now. Let Thurston County and the, the professionals do this, and they're the ones with the power. If someone wanted to purchase tickets, where would they go?
1: Oh, well, thank you for asking, James. That's very uh, commercial of you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're going to have we, – we have uh, – so CrimeCon.com has a direct link. If you go up to – I think it's events in the top tab, and if you put up an event, you'll see CrowdSouth Seattle. That will give you all the information on the event and then link you over to where you can actually buy the badge. Everything I mentioned before in terms of like Moyer and Bodine, it's all one event, so there's just one you know, sort of badge price that's kind of all access for the whole weekend of things. We're hosting at the Westin in downtown Seattle, so it's an awesome venue. um And one of the cool things—I don't know how much of this you picked up from coming to CrimeCon in New Orleans this year, or as you say, New, I think you say New Orleans. New is maybe Orleans. Your <laughs> New Orleans. Um, but it's so—it so much happens in the sessions and the ballrooms, which is great. But I think when you ask people afterward, like, how was the experience, what they talk about is that that feel of like, you know, in New Orleans, it was 4,000 here, it's probably 400 you know, fans being in a hotel for the weekend all aligned with a mission. And I think those sorts of things, like people always ask, well, do I need to stay at the Westin? Well, no, you don't need to stay at the Westin. But if you want to actually feel and experience this and be immersed in the case and be at the bar at night still talking about Nancy and Karen sitting next to the detective and you and Dr. Godwin and Art Roderick, who's our sort of investigator host from the retired U.S. Marshal, you know, that's like not a replaceable thing if you go stay down the street. So a little off track, but I do highly encourage any anyone going to stay uh, with us at the Westin yeah. that, uh, that weekend.
0: I did have the chance to uh, go down the bar, hang out, sat down with Art, and I mean, like you said, that's irreplaceable. I mean, how many times do you get to sit down with a guy like that and to be able to pick I know, it's
1: so cool. And, just, and you realize there. how down to earth they are, right? You can ask Art, Art Roderick if people don't know him. Most people know him from the Maura Murray series that was right. on Oxygen. He is just a solid, great guy. A true investigator at heart. Knows everyone. You know, ask him about any case. Ask. It's just he's just so fun to talk to. And like you just said, I'm really shocked to hear you made your way to the bar. By the way, um, <laughs> like you just said, just being able to have a beer with him, you know, and pick his brain is like just same thing with with Doctor Godwin, right? It's like, you know, I think most people know him from Up and Vanished, and, right. and then he, he had his own, and and he's another just fascinating person to talk to and be around and those are the sorts of things I think that are, like, we can't list that on the in the programming schedule, right? right. 7.30 p.m., beer with our rock <laughs> but, like, that stuff just happens. Yeah. And so, um, it's, it's a really cool experience and I think this one, whether we ultimately can change the trajectory of this case for the family and for the police, I can't say, um, but I can say that, you know, attendees are going to get an incredible education no matter what, are going to feel what it really is like on the inside of an investigation they really are going to be investigators this is a real cold case this is not made for tv as eric roberts uh proved to me quickly real things happen that are not Mm -hmm. planned and um and i think it's going to be a real
0: tremendous uh experience for for people who live and breathe this stuff like i do you know and again kudos to you guys with the nancy Mori case for me to get my hands on the case file that was unredacted i mean my gosh talk about walking in a house with a flashlight trying to find clues I mean it was yeah. so challenging so for for these individuals to come to this event and be able to see the actual case file and see the evidence that they collected. I mean it's that's that's phenomenal.
1: And while we're while we're giving uh pats on the back all around here, let's give another one to Thurston County and yeah. Detective Hamilton because I think Having now wor- worked with, in, in my experience, a limited number of police departments, but more than the average person, there is this isn't this is not a routine thing that they are willing to participate in an event like ours and with you in a podcast like yours. And what it requires is basically them to say. We have no dog in this fight other than we want these cases solved. We have no ego. We have no concerns other than we've done the due diligence with you guys, and we trust you, and we trust art, and we trust that you guys are going to handle this material in the right way. But I'll tell you what, that's rare. The most most departments right now are, are extremely concerned about opening a case file the way Thurston County will for us in Seattle. For Some of the reasons are very good, but in a lot of cases it, it really boils down to Nope, this is mine. You guys are immatures. No one's going to touch this because if someone else solves it and it's not us, then how will we ever prosecute? And you know, what if you guys mess this up? What if you guys finger the wrong suspect? You know, a whole bunch of things which you know sound good but are really, uh, I think, you know, a little bit territorial and and maybe a little bit ego driven. And but the onus is on us to prove that that we can do this the right way and prove that we can we can make this work. And I'm a little ADD right now, but one I did want to point out while we're on this that I think the Eric Roberts, Nancy Moore situation, who knows what will happen. But one of the things I think that you and I can say, both from the podcast perspective and from the event perspective, hands down, is that even if we don't show up that weekend and solve a case, what you've shown, what Payne Lindsay sh- has shown and what plenty of other podcasts have shown is that we can create an environment upon which the case can be solved even outside of the walls of that weekend. So that means getting local media back involved, that means getting reporters to be rewriting about it, bloggers to looking at it, podcasters to taking another look at it. That means bringing the weight of our presenting sponsor, Oxygen, behind this, bringing our experts in who are world class. Dr. Henry Lee, I don't know if I can get him to Seattle, he was in New Orleans. Can I get them to yeah. look at the DNA in the, Karen, in, in the Karen Bodine case? Maybe. And if I can, one wow. of the odds the world's most forensic scientist looks at your DNA. You know, yeah. it's, it's, so there's all these things that we can bring to bear that I think are just not normal for a, for a resource-strapped police department that can create an environment whereby those branches can get shaken and something like potentially Eric Lee Roberts can drop out.
0: And you've had a chance, obviously, I imagine you've spoken to the family, Karen's family,
1: yeah. So we've done it. She's got um, three kids. We've done the outreach. We have a longer conversation coming up Monday, but the initial, you know, sort of initial conversation is sort of I could best characterize as a lot of smiles. And finally, you know, mm-hmm. they've had Facebook pages begging for people to reengage with the case and to, to send tips and all those things. And it's you know, we see this a lot because this is what what we do in terms of putting these events together in terms of the number of families who are out there looking for anything to keep their case alive. You know, once they sort of realize, like, this is a real thing, this is, we're not pie in the sky here, we're we're really going to do this, we're really going to bring these resources, we're going to bring all these people, we're going to bring all this, these new tests and experts and everything else and media attention, I think, like, a huge sigh of relief just comes out and they're like, this, yeah. you know, I've waited 12 years for this, this could be it.
0: I almost didn't do my podcast and continue it because Sam at first was like, you don't have, you don't even have a podcast out yet. I'm not going to interview with you. Well,
1: I read she said to you, what's the title? And you were like, yeah. let me get back to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> Very I, honest answer. You could have just made one up on the fly.
0: You know, she, she, as soon as she asked me, I had some ideas and titles that I was going to use, but I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't really have one out yet, but I think I'm going to call it hide and seek. And she was like, yeah. okay, we're not interviewing. <laughs> right.
1: Call me back when uh, you're a little farther along.
0: Yeah. Anything else you want to share for, for the listeners about CrimeCon or CrowdSolve specifically in October?
1: You know, not- Only that I think that the folks who are listening to your podcast overall are exactly the type of person who I think would get quite a bit out of CrowdSolve Weekend, and so I do encourage you don't have to live in the Pacific Northwest. It is, you know, it's not going to be the cheapest weekend in the world if you're not local with flights and hotel and everything. I get it. But, you know, if you're at all interested in this and sort of taking your love of true crime and of cold cases and, and all the stuff that we engage with all year to a level where really no one's had this ability before... Uh, just ask you to check out the website, email us if you have questions, you know, put us through the ringer. We're happy to, I'm happy to get on the phone with you personally and, and sort of talk to you about what we're trying to do. And I think, you know, we want to get not a massive crowd to Seattle, but the exact right crowd to Seattle. I would much rather have two, three, four, five hundred the, of the perfect, passionate, educated, dedicated people, you know, than 1500 people who are just sort of like the, the husbands who got dragged or something like that, which I sometimes see in, mm-hmm. at the main crime con and feel bad for them. But, uh, I, I guess that's the thing is just, is check out the website and, and, you know, we're, we, our mission is authentic. Our goals are authentic. This is real in terms of the police and family participation. And, um, and obviously if you want to meet James, this is the place to do it, right? You guys are going to do, do you want to talk at all about your, I feel like I flipped the interview on you? You want to talk at all about the
0: Thursday night? We could dive into that a little bit. I, I, it's been a dream of mine about doing some sort of show after the podcast was over. We talked about doing something Thursday night, um, whether that's for three to four hours, three hours. I'm not 100% sure. That's all obviously still in the works, but we're definitely going to do kind of like a behind the scenes or the tell all of hide and seek season one. You know, I'll go into things I never put on the podcast or things that I never shared. And, you know, I have good reasons for that, but it'll be kind of a, a good event for a Q&A, a meet and greet, uh, I'll give you kind of the backstory and the behind the scenes on, on my season one. If you're going to CrowdSolve, you get in free. There will definitely be a different ticket that you can purchase to go to it, but highly recommend if you go to CrowdSolve, you're getting in free. So, might as well. You're going to get a lot out of that weekend. It's going to be an awesome time. And uh, I'm definitely appreciative and supportive of CrowdSolve and, and you specifically, Kevin. You know, you're giving me this opportunity to have this event. And so, it's going to be, you know, uh, uh, if you enjoy hide and seek, and you're going to be able to see then an event happen on or happen Thursday night. Um, but then, you know, to also see the case file, if you were to go to CrowdSolve and then to also benefit from seeing Karen Bodine's case file and, you know, hear from specialists, it's going to be a phenomenal event. Um, yeah, we'll have a, an event Thursday night. Uh, we haven't really discussed exactly what time, but again, if you're going to CrowdSolve, you get in free. Yeah, so it's
1: Thursday, October 17th. It'll be at the Westin with us at CrowdSolve. We'll, 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 you and I have a lot to figure out, but that we know the basics. And it's going to be, you know, all the key people will be there. You'll be there. Um, Detective Hamilton will be there. Bill Moyer will be there. Sam Moyer will be there. I think Maurice Godwin, Dr. Godwin is coming in from what I've heard. Um, And really, everyone else that's a key part of of the Moyer case in your podcast um, is going to be there uh, both Thursday night and I think, you know, certainly in through the day Friday as we as we really peel back the layers on on Moyer.
0: Yeah. Uh, Is there multiple Westins in Seattle? No,
1: I think there's uh, only one downtown.
0: So, as you just heard, I'm going to be doing a show. Prior to the CrowdSolve event, again, I highly recommend and encourage you guys sign up for the CrowdSolve event. It's very rare for you to get this kind of opportunity to sit in front of professionals and get the backstory, get your hands on the case file. So again, I highly recommend going to CrowdSolve. You'll get into the hide and seek behind the scenes show on Thursday night. Now if you can't make it to the CrowdSolve event, yes, I will be selling tickets separately for the show now I haven't posted or shared yet where you can purchase these tickets I'm still in the process of working out all the details of the event as soon as I do post tickets you can expect me to post that on social media and give you guys an update on the podcast the event would be on October 17th which is a Thursday and there are going to be two separate tickets there's going to be a VIP ticket and also a general admission ticket When you go to purchase tickets, you'll be able to see the differences between the general admission and the VIP. The event for the VIP should start around 6.30 and the actual show will start around 8 p.m. Thanks again, guys.